We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Marketing Nerds. I'm with, with Ashley Ward from Simplista Marketing. Did I get that right? Yep, you got it right. Perfect. So tell us, what do you do? Um, I wear several hats, but all in the online marketing realm. So I specialize in social media. I've been doing online marketing for a little over five years, but social media has been my main focus where I've helped the most clients. And recently, in the past couple of years, started doing a little bit more SEO, dabbling in local search, um, been content writing the whole time, blog writing, uh, email campaigns, landing pages, optimization, kind of the whole nine yards that goes into online marketing. So now tell me, um, you say you do social media. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Tell us the story. Take us through the story of working with someone. You meet someone brand new, say at PubCon, as we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a company, and they want help with their social media. How does the conversation start? How do you look at that strategy, and how do you hope to help them? Okay, Um First thing that we pretty much go over is what have you been doing and where are you at right now? So I'll go over their website and their social media profiles and see how many fans, how often are they posting, what kind of engagement, if they have any engagement, if they have any social media profiles. I work with a lot of small businesses, uh, small local businesses who have been um, in business for decades and don't want anything to do with the online change but know they need it. So I go through the strategy portion. That's probably half of the time of the whole development is strategy and explaining to them, okay, you need ads, you need a budget for this, you need this many profiles because your demographic is A and is attracted to B, and you're going to need to upgrade your website, you're going to need to put a blog on your site. So usually once I start with social, it turns into a whole cluster of other things that I find that they also need to tie in with social since social piggybacks SEO so much. Now tell me, what are the common things that they've been doing wrong or mm-hmm. not doing? Um, one of the most common things that I continue to find is that no one has a blog on their site and the websites that they do have are very outdated. They're not optimized at all. Uh, no meta, no title tags, nothing like that has been optimized. So that's kind of the first stages of the simple SEO of going into the back end and adding a blog on there and getting the content going. And then uh, for the social side, most of what I find is what they're posting is wrong and not attractive to their demographic. They'll share links that aren't relevant or they'll post memes to a demographic of an audience that's between 50 and 65 who doesn't appreciate seeing a meme and that kind of just cheapens your company versus improving it. So it's a balance of trying to find, to really sit them down and have them define who their market is and then figure out what that market is attracted to and then start from scratch. So in in, in many senses, it sounds like you're effectively creating a whole marketing plan and marketing strategy and an implementation process for them. Yes. Yeah, it's, 
it's a start to finish. It takes several months of going back and forth and really just trying to instill into the client or into the company why you need this, why you need that. And with the constant changes between Google and, I mean, Facebook alone is starting to change at such a rapid rate like Google and then Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram now is slowly following behind Facebook and Google's changes. But it's so important to, before I do any of the implementation, to really let the client and the company know why you need this, why it hasn't been working for you, and how it can be working for you. Now, uh, can you talk us through an example, uh, example customer, how they came on board, mm-hmm. process, what was what's worked for them? Of course, um, probably my longest client. It's a, a insurance broker, okay. and so started with very very basic. HTML site, uh, had some Java on it, really, really outdated site, and didn't have any social networks, didn't have anything going, and this was two, three years ago, and so um, he went to an insurance conference and found out about all the different, like, specific website builders for industries, so tagged on to an insurance website builder, contacted me and said, okay, I know I need a site, I know I need social, I know I need regular blog posts and email newsletters what can you do how can you maintain it so this was more of a we set the foundation we created the new website we optimized it uh, made it really clean look really modern and then everything since then has been maintenance and keeping up with the constant changes so when I first started with them we weren't doing any Facebook ads it was just regular posting and sharing blog posts a lot of call to actions contact us today get a free quote now that kind of style and then once ads started becoming more and more popular and Facebook organic became not a real thing anymore now um, in the past year we've switched everything to promoting posts, uh, website conversions, web uh, page likes, and increasing page fans. So it was all a specific, specific order. All of my clients, if they have a budget for ads, specifically for Facebook, we start with increasing your page fans and targeting to your exact demographic instead of just getting a bunch of fans from India or Europe or very irrelevant fans that Facebook will give you unless you target specifically. And from there, that's when we'll start doing promoted posts and website conversions, try and get email captures, all using Facebook ads. Now, you mentioned Instagram. Yes. Um, How, obviously, um, with lots of other media, you can Mm -hmm. put a link directly in the content. How are you working to drive traffic from Instagram? Um, Instagram's a good traffic source if you do it correctly. Otherwise, it's really hard. What I recommend is obviously you have to have your bit.ly and your about me section of your company Instagram page, but you can also customize uh, link shorteners. I only work with bit.ly, so I'll reference that pretty frequently, but you want to have a memorable link because you can't click from the Instagram post to the website. You have to manually enter it in, open up a new browser on your web. There's a lot of time where you can actually lose your customer unless you're posting something really engaging that they actually want to go buy or they want to go learn more about. So I'll put a bit.ly slash pubcon right in my description on the image that I post, something that's really easy for them to remember and 
either copy and paste or go in and type it themselves. We're all online marketers. We're incredibly familiar with Bitly, so it's easy for us, but it's really difficult for the everyday average demographic to make that connection and take those extra few minutes to actually open up a new browser and go online to your website to the link that you're trying to guide them to. But just by customizing the link and making it a link shortener instead of www.domain slash product page, blah, blah, blah. I've had a lot more success with people actually making transactions and getting leads from that as well as you can, in a very non-spammy way, you can uh, follow hashtags and comments. This is the same thing with Facebook, Google+, it, Twitter, any social network that you're on, whenever you follow hashtags and you go to comment on another post to avoid the spam, you actually want to create a conversation. So instead of just saying, that sounds good, follow me back, or here's a link to buy more stuff like this that you're interested in, it's more about trying to engage with the customer. So you can use Instagram's hashtags as a funnel to increase your followers as well as try and lead them back to your product page. Now, um, isn't Instagram just for 12-year-olds? Are no. you are you seeing abroad? I mean, that's a question that yes. I ask. People say, "Really, isn't that just for twelve year olds?" What kinds of clients are you seeing success for with Instagram? That's honestly one of the hardest things because the demographic that my clients are in, most of them are older. Who I still have to even argue the point that Facebook's valid for people who are older. So there, there's still definitely a gap of audiences who think that, well, older people don't use social networks and they don't go and review. So Instagram's still a young audience. Like I, I still don't see 65 and up using Instagram. I still see between a younger audience into the 30s, 40s, um, some 50-year-olds who are more entrepreneur mindset. I've seen that. But a real good gauge is anywhere from 15 to 30 and it's constantly changing I mean when Instagram first came out I would have told you a completely different number but as it's becoming a more popular social network and as more brands are guiding their customers to Instagram such as Red Bull and GoPro right the types of stuff that they put on Instagram you don't necessarily see everywhere else so they're giving people a reason to go to all these different channels and follow them on all these different channels and making people who are 45, 50, who would have never created an Instagram account, create one because now they want to see these GoPro videos or now they want to keep up to date with all the Red Bull races. So um, are you using in, uh, Instagram for all of your customers then? For the example, the insurance mm -hmm. company, are you, are they, is it working for them? No, I'm actually not using Instagram for them because they have limited resources. Again, right. local businesses, much smaller budget for online marketing as a whole. So we get very specific in which profiles you really need to have the company interface with and which ones you really need to engage with. So my current clients um, were not doing Instagram with, but I had a few clients in the beginning of the year that I used Instagram with that was very successful. It kind of tied on with Pinterest. If you have a client that you can use on Pinterest, you can generally also have that client on Instagram just because it's so image-based. The people who are attracted to Pinterest are generally attracted to Instagram, but your male audience is going to be larger on Instagram than it is on Pinterest. Very interesting. Now, um, 
you talked about the fact that you helped them set up a blog. Yes. Um, just because you're amazing at um, insurance sales mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can write or want to write. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know anything about the, the customer, but, but how do you help them overcome the hurdle mm-hmm. of having great content? It's very difficult because every single industry and every single client that you have will most likely be different from your last, unless you work in just a specific niche. Uh, as an online marketing company who works with everything from the karate studio down the street to the insurance company to the local chiropractor, I work with a lot of different industries. So there's definitely a good time period where as a marketer, you need to find out not only who your audience is, but what the industry is and what kind of terms they use, what kind of words they use, who your new competitors are. Just like with anything else, it's starting from scratch. So you really need to know, you need to speak the lingo, just like regionally. If you're targeting someone in California, you're going to use different words than you would in someone in New York. So it just takes time for the marketer to really research specific blogs that are popular within the industry. And I always recommend definitely subscribe to some of the leaders within the industry because not only are you going to keep on top of the conversation that way, but you're going to see the headlines, the blog topics that they're covering and realize, okay, this is really prevalent in the industry right now. We need to be talking about this. We need to have this content on our site. So... um you said that you said uh, that before that you set up the company a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, what's the difference between uh, for you mm-hmm. uh, running an agency uh, as opposed to working for someone else, and what are some of the challenges that you felt you faced? Um, boy, there are so many pros and cons to both of those things. Okay. I I definitely love the comfort and stability of working for another agency or another company. Um, you don't have to wear as many hats. Of course, agency life, you're doing multiple tasks no matter what position you're in in the company. That's just how most agencies go because of resources. But when you own your own company and you're short-staffed, you're the one who's getting the clients, getting the sales, booking the contracts, maintaining everything, managing your team, uh, looking for writers. You're sending out the the proposals, the invoices, and constantly looking for new leads and uh, attending events like these, just really trying to get the company name out there. Whereas when you're in the agency, you can kind of step behind and do everything you can to support the agency and support the agency name, but do what you do best. So there's a little gap where social is where my heart is. Writing, social content, all of that is just what I love to do. So there's a part of me where I have to step away from just doing that nine to five and think about the business part of it too, which because I enjoy business, because I enjoy all that online marketing has to offer and constantly keeping track of all of the changes that come with it and the the education that comes with it, I enjoy that. But for some people, it's a big change to go from agency life to, all right, here you are, you're on your own, (laughs) buckle up. Fantastic. Some uh, some wonderful insights. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to find out more mm-hmm. and connect with you, how do they do that? Uh, you can go to SemplicitaMarketing.com. You could also follow me at SemplicitaMRKT on Twitter as well as LinkedIn. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Marketing Nerds, and we look forward to connecting with you next time. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.